In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland. Good Tuesday morning to you, or whenever you're listening to this, we're always happy to have you on board. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, and it's always game day in Cleveland. is brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Daryl, we are one day away from the Falcons debacle, I guess is the way we'll talk about it, the way things didn't shake out at the end of the game, and a game that many think the Browns should have and could have won, and they end up losing 23-20. Um, I don't know, the aftermath, you're 24 hours after this. I know sometimes when you're mad about something, you're better off talking about a 24 hours. So now we're in the 24 hour span. What do you think now? Uh, my opinion hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Stefanski's wipe, wiping the egg off his face, hopefully. And uh, hopefully he's learned his lesson that sometimes you just got to. Everything doesn't go the way you want it. Everything doesn't go the way you planned it. And sometimes you just got to take what you can get. Right. Right. And yeah, I don't know. I, you know, listening to Kevin overall, and I know we're going to hear from him throughout the podcast today that it was just, um, you know, he wasn't about, I, I said on the air that he took the uh, R off of his uh, steering column because there was no reverse. He wasn't backing the bus up over anybody. So if you're, you know, on his staff or one of his players, he wasn't going to throw you under the bus today and he was going to take all the heat. And that's great. I mean, I respect him for taking the heat, but what is he going to do about it? And I, I almost think that, I mean, I'm not saying it's a great idea, but to have a little bit of a meltdown might not hurt him to let everybody know that he's actually passionate and cares about everything. It's not that we don't think he doesn't. I mean, you know, as well as I do, that this is his life, right? And he didn't wake up on uh, Sunday morning and go, you know what, uh, let's not get that fourth down inside the red zone. And so, I mean, I get it. I understand it. And if he, things would have worked out okay and he they would have scored early on and they would have won the game, he'd be a hero and everyone would be like, that's why he was coach of the year. But sometimes when you're gambling and you gamble on fourth down and it doesn't pay out um, and it doesn't pay off, you got to pay the dealer and you're going to walk away with nothing in your pocket other than misery because people are yelling at you, why'd you lose your money? I don't want to get too far into the weeds, into the details, other than tell you we, we didn't didn't come off exactly how we wanted to, and that's unfortunate. And then down there in the uh, – you get first and one down there, at, you know, we absolutely, obviously have to come away with seven points. Didn't punch it in on first down, passed it, and, and got a hold, which backs us up, which is really, you know, frustrating. I, I feel confident that with – some cracks at it from the one we're going to score a touchdown obviously but i just i think the overall point is it's players it's coaches it's all of us we just we have to be better uh the browns ran 11 plays inside the falcons 11 on sunday mm -hmm. how many yards do you think the browns gained inside the 11 yes how many For the yards? entire day yes so now that you ask the question i'm gonna go nine way too generous in fact you're three times as generous no three yards how um, long was the touchdown run they get well that was that was 24 yard td run oh it was oh inside okay i got it oh man uh they were at the two twice and got Ugh. three points wow so if they got to the two two more times they might have gotten an additional three points daryl yeah. can can i bring up another point here as far as the offense is concerned Please do. And this was something that I just kind of looked up because I don't know. I think I said this yesterday in the post game, and today I actually looked at the numbers. And I remember I kept saying there's a stalling period for the Browns in the fourth quarter. Not only is the defense giving up points, 
but the offense isn't being opportunistic when they have the time to do it, maybe to put a team away. Do you realize in all four games, in all four games, they had a stall drive that was somewhere between eight and a half minutes to go in the game and six minutes to go in the game. I'll, I'll even walk you through it. In the Falcons game yesterday, they they had the ball at 7-19. They went seven plays and 31 yards before they punted. A stall, a place where if they would have even gotten three points, it might have changed everything. Even in the Steelers game, which is probably the worst game of all as far as that stall is concerned, you know, they won the game, but they still let the Steelers kind of sneak in a little bit towards the end. They had three drives inside of the eight and a half minute mark. At eight and a half minutes, they were five plays and out. At four and a half and four hours or four hours, four minutes and 18 seconds, three plays and negative seven yards. And then on the last drive with a minute 48 to go, they went three plays and gained nine yards. So, I mean, that's I mean, that's the Falcons and Steelers in the Jets game. We all know they got the ball with 732. They went six plays and got 19 yards in the Panthers game. They got the ball at 602 and went seven plays and got 19 yards. There's a stall that keeps happening after the 10 minute mark and before the four minute mark, five minute mark that is crushing this team offensively in the fourth quarter. And I haven't even talked about the defense. But when the offense can't run more than five or six plays inside that that golden time of possession, you're putting the defense in a bad spot as well. I mean, you're you're leaving them out there for a long time to be gassed. Now, that's no excuse for giving up 15, 16 straight runs in the fourth quarter. But when that to me, Daryl, that's one of those things that sticks out to me and says either side of the ball is not helping each other. 50 to 39. That's what the Browns have been outscored in the fourth quarter this season. Hmm. I just broke out the pen and paper and did the math by hand. No That's calculator. a lot of math. Good job. No abacus? No abacus. No calculator. I probably should check my math with a calculator, but I feel pretty strongly. Yeah. Uh, 50 to 39 in the fourth quarter. Not great, Bob. No, And they're ultra aggressive too, Daryl, and I know they talked about that. And it's just, you know, I, I don't know. It just, it's, it's like it's okay to be aggressive, but it just doesn't seem like they're aggressive at the right times. Well, don't tell that to David Njoku. We're an aggressive offense, so I'm gonna be honest. Stuff like that excites me. You know, it 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 shows that we're not afraid to you know put it all on the line, and you know sometimes we are able to you know execute. Other times, not so lucky. You know, it is what it is. This is football. You know what I mean? Like we're gonna put our best foot forward and do everything we can in our power to succeed and win. Sometimes we execute and sometimes we get executed. I thought that today too when I heard that about execution. I, it's just, I think it's frustrating as a fan. I'm sure it's execution. I'm all in favor of it. (laughs) That line will never, ever not get old. (laughs) Daryl, what else do we have on this being aggressive? point of view that the oh, team has the, you know you know there's a fine line between being aggressive and stupid and yesterday i just thought kevin stefanski was stupid i mean that's all like i mean deshaun watson's not your quarterback right now he's not allowed to play uh, jacoby Brissett's playing well um and look they, they're two and two not because of jacoby Brissett, which i think going in like if I would have said they're two and two, your response would have, well, Jacoby Brissett just hasn't been playing well. It wouldn't have been playing well enough for them to be uh, better than that. And like, that's just like, not the case. Um, He's, he's been, you know, 
doing a pretty good job. But Stefanski did or was asked about the decision making processes when it comes to like the aggressiveness and who's making the call in some of these situations or in fact all these situations where like they decide to uh, whether it's go for it, get cute with formations or hurry up or whatever. And here's what Stefanski had to say about that. On all those decisions, it is 100% me making the decision. I take in information from our coaches, from our staff, uh, up in the booth, on the sideline. And then, you know, ultimately you got to own them. And when they don't work, it, you're frustrated, but it's my decision. And I understand what you're asking. But when we get down in those situations, I, I take in all the information that I make the decision. It was an interesting question because, um, the, uh, Daryl, did you believe that he's got someone helping him with analytics up yeah. in the booth? Yeah, is they, that hundred percent true or not? Yeah, they they've got uh, one of the coach, one of the assistant coaches. I forget his name, but like that's kind of part of his duties, if you will. Like he's not specifically the analytics guy in the booth, but like it's part of his duties to be in Stefanski's ear about probabilities and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, and then you know Stefanski takes that information and makes whatever decision that he thinks is going to work. But yeah, no, that they, they, yeah. I mean, they, they work through all that stuff. We can, we're going and what's. What, so was it a fair uh, question at the press conference though? Yeah, I mean, 100%, he got hundred yeah, percent. He seemed to get a little antsy about it. Well, yeah, because you know, the, 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 the analytics word is, a is, you know, four letter word to some people, you know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. and it also gets twisted and turned and it, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so no, it, it was fair. Basically it's who's in your ear advising you on this stuff. You know, how are you arriving at some of the decisions um, that you make? And then David Njoku offered this. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty insightful. Um, also uh, stating the obvious uh, in regards to the criticism Stefanski is getting when it comes to the play calling compounded with Stefanski's decision-making processes on being aggressive. Sometimes plays just don't work, you know. <laughs> Did you catch Are you that? serious? Hang on. No, sometimes plays just don't work. You know, only here, it, it's always game day in Cleveland. Can you get that kind of in-depth analysis? I'm that teasing. is huge stuff, man. That's Mensa right there. I, I, I'm teasing. Here's what Najoku had to say. No, and it is what it is, and we have to pick the pieces. And he did follow that up with it, and it, it is what it is. <laughs> I just want to point that out. All right, it, it, and it is what it is. So let's talk a little bit more about that when it comes to the defense on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. We love having you on. We'll be back after this.